0: Good evening. Hope everybody's doing well today on this fabulous and wonderful Wednesday evening. Uh that was DeGarmo and Key. Every moment of our lives is what was being played prior to your uh uh Well while you were waiting. <laughs> How's that? But anyway, uh I like to play a little uh bend in this real 80s nostalgic uh, mood here lately, particularly when it comes to contemporary Christian music. Of course, you always know I love the 80s hair bands. That's where it was at. But uh, for whatever reason, I've been really in this uh, uh, in this uh mood for 80s uh, Christian contemporary Christian music. But uh, that was the DeGarmo and Key. And uh, I tell you, growing up, I remember dad I always had a ton of uh, Christian albums and uh, laying around and uh, why well, not laying around? He had to put up and I was told not to touch them. But anyway, <laughs> You get what I mean. And a lot of times I remember him, uh, just, you know, just laying there on the floor, eyes closed, listening to that Christian music, just getting filled with the spirit and, uh, some, some good memories really was. But, uh, not saying that Christian music isn't any good now. It's, there's some good stuff out there. There really is. I, I think there are a lot better stuff out there than what you hear on the radio. But, uh, uh, as I was told at one time, dad told me to, he said, see what it costs to do an hour block. Uh, we'll say we'll pay for it, and because uh, I wanted to hear some really, some really something other than the elevator music. I was going to put it bluntly. And uh, they told me flat out no, even though we want to pay for it. And they said that's not what uh, uh, most of their uh, listeners want to hear, and uh, people who pay the big money, and uh, they refuse to do it. So. Oh, well, that's on him. But, uh, but either way, good mo- good evening. Start say good morning. She's so doing morning devotions. Uh, let's see here. We got Frogman Nails, great and awesome drummer. Uh, proud to have, not call him a friend. Uh, Stanton Trailer, good evening. Verta Campbell, Darlene Barker, Sharon Boyd some woman named brandy young i don't know who she is robert Debray, amy harden good evening nora hicks sharon boyd and fran Pear. so glad to have you all watching this evening and glad you can join us i know there's a lot of other people watching that uh that i don't that i don't see so praise god uh, uh for that but uh, but either way, let's go ahead and look at our, e- our opening scripture this evening. And this uh, this opening scripture is actually the same one uh, that was uh, the basis of our morning devotion. So I thought it was applicable for tonight's uh, to teaching. So uh, John sixteen thirty three. Uh, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Man, praise God for that. As my old pappy always says, bless this reading, the hearing of it to our hearts. Uh, our prayer request this evening, um, hold on here. Uh, let's see here. We've got, uh, some, several here online. Good morning, Jamie Lynn Arnold, or good evening rather. It's a good evening. Um, Let's see. Sharon Boy said, pray for the Busby family and for her Hoppy not feeling good. Poor old Poppy. Well, tell him we'll be praying for him and uh, he'll get to feeling better. Uh, Miss Fran Perris says, thanks for all who prayed for my Aunt Etta. She got to go home Monday. Praise the Lord. Also, my sister's neighbor, Ida Bennett, got to go home today. Praise the Lord. Also pray for Eddie Green. So most definitely. And Robert say, pray for America, most definitely. And uh, um, uh, Mousy, Michelle Fox, uh, she said to be praying for her. She has COVID and she's battling it and asked for prayers. I told her we would. And Wilma Phoenix, uh, she's not been feeling well. And so I told her we'd be praying uh, as well. And uh, there's really been a lot of uh, people asking for prayer requests uh, on uh, social media. And uh, I always try to stop and pray for them at that moment. And uh, But I can't remember all their, their names at this time. Uh, we have Mr. Murph, Roger Winters, uh, Kim Penix, Jane Kitchings, Wendy Lee, Larky and Nancy, Jackie and Rhonda, Troy and Ginger, Johnny and Nora, Morris and Carolyn, Larry and Dinah, P.T. and Sherry, Linda and Ralph, Ron Thompson, uh, David Stinnett, uh, Joe Franklin, Pat Brown, Tracy Kent, Donnie Cutshaw, Glenn Johnson, Martin Ledford, Jimmy Russell family, uh, Betty Whaley and Mike Bradley and Judy Hale, uh, Kathy Young and Jesse Gray and I know there's been a ton more as well. I know Mama sent me a bunch in an email. Uh, not sure if I got that uh, readily available here. Let me see here. I can get to, I think basically I think what she sent me was pretty much what I already read. But let me just double check because I'll be honest with you. I should have read this instead of getting that paper, but I'm so used to grabbing that paper, I really didn't think about it. Oh, I forget. She never sends that to me on I don't know why she sent it to me on Facebook. Let's see here. She's got it here in uh uh here we go. Prayer list. Uh let's see, yeah, could you pray for Jerry, uh, Jerry Keller and Troy Ginger Hood. Uh Raymond Raymond and Becky Hooks, uh, I think it Pam Jones, yeah, her son had on Facebook, and she's not doing good, so we need to keep her in prayer, Ralph and Linda Coley, Reggie and family, Todd Murray and family, Brenda Martin and family, I think they're all the only ones I missed, and Glenn Johnson, I know last I heard he wasn't doing too well, so, but uh, I think that uh, got them all, let's go ahead and have a quick word of prayer if we may. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this day, and thank you for your grace and your mercy, your love, your joy, your peace overflowing. Lord, thank you for this day, this opportunity to spread the gospel message. And Lord, I just want to lift up each and every one of these prayer requests and concerns. Uh, Lord, uh, I just pray that you will be with Kim Penix, and I pray that you'll be with uh, Wendy Lee and Jane Kitchings. And uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you'll be with uh, uh, so many that we uh, mentioned here this evening, and uh, Lord, I just pray that You will bring healing and peace upon each and every individual, whether we read their names or not. Uh, those who have uh, spoken concerns and unspoken concerns, Lord, lift up my father-in-law. Bring healing upon him and take away pain, discomfort, or sickness he's experiencing. Bring healing upon him, and Lord, uh, just pray that You will be with this nation, heal this land, and let people come to know You before it's too late. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Well, my friends, uh, I know that uh, uh, today is kind of a somber day today for a lot of people and for good reason. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, I, I uh, don't want to spend a lot of time on it because I just, I feel about sick of hearing about it. I'll be honest with you. I, I, after uh, President Trump uh, gave his final remarks aboard of the plane, I turned the channel. I had no, I just it could care less what the news had to say or do at that point in fact they said the inauguration was the lowest ratings of history and i thought what a shock you know (laughs) when you cheat your way in you know i can't imagine a whole lot of support there but uh... uh... you know it is uh... uh... i know it's frustrating i know it's aggravating my friends but all that i could tell you is just keep the faith stay strong keep your eyes on the lord and that's all we can do and take each day as it comes i know uh that uh, there were uh, i told uh brandy i said there's probably a lot of people weeping because their conspiracy uh individuals did not come through for them (laughs) because uh people still holding out hope that uh uh biden wouldn't be uh inaugurated kept saying well wait till 12 o'clock and uh this is going to happen that's going to happen and then you know and nothing happened at all and uh you know guys we god's word tells us we got to be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves we've got to have discernment you know we got to be careful about uh uh, believing everything that comes across our screens on social media and just because some turkey driving down the road in his car claims to have a source that has a source that has a source don't mean jack squat and uh, and that has been proven uh proven today because over the last two weeks my email and uh, my uh, messenger and facebook has blown up with every crazy thing in the world and people just acting like it's gospel and you can see not a thing happened so you know this kind of goes back to y2k and everybody stalking up he went to uh, what was after that there were people saying get your food and your guns and there's something you know it's always some Chicken Little Skies Falling. And uh, so we need to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, careful what we listen to and uh, take a lot of what we say with a grain of salt. Now, with that said, uh, there's a little bit of a trap there. And the reason why I say that is because all these people who were just flakes, I'll just put it for lack of a better word, they were wrong. Today proved they were wrong. There was no uh, martial law. There was no insurrection. There was no fighting back. There was, uh, you know, Trump didn't pull something out at the last minute and, and uh, pull some grand stunt. None of that happened. And so, uh, you know, people are going to be less likely to trust all these people coming out with this stuff. But here's the thing. People, because of that, People want to say when you say that Jesus is going to be rapturing us out of here and it may be sooner than later they're going to mock us even more and laugh at us and say that well, you've been saying that for thousands of years, and that nothing has ever happened and 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 shrug us off just as much as we would any of these conspiracy lunatics but uh and so that is going to be uh uh one, it may make it a little more difficult to minister and tell, and encourage others to be prepared. Uh, because in the last days, they're going to be given a marriage, they're going to have babies, they're going to be going just like it always has been. And in a twinkling of an eye, that's where we're going to be raptured out of here. And my friends, unlike these conspiracy loons that have been out there, this is gospel. This is fact. This is truth that Jesus Christ will, in fact, rapture us out of this world. And, uh, you know, and remember, remember, God's time is not our time. If a thousand years is a day and a day is a thousand years, then technically Jesus has only been gone for two days in God's time. All right. So, uh, you know, it is, uh, it's going to happen. And we do need to take that part seriously. And then spiritually speaking, we do need to be prepared. You know, all these people were, uh, were, were spastic. Uh, get your gas and make sure that you are, uh, uh, filled up with fuel and make sure you have these supplies and that supplies and it's going to get bad. Well, we saw nothing happen, but spiritually speaking. We better have ourselves ready. We better have ourselves prepared. We better be there spiritually. We better have uh, oil in our lamps, uh, so to speak, and be ready for the groom when he comes for the bride. And uh, that, my friends, you can bank on. That much is true, and that much is going to happen without a doubt. Whether we live long enough to see that happen, I don't know. One way or the other, we're going to be standing before God. Whether, you know, in, uh, when we die before then or Jesus raptures out, one way or the other, we're going to be standing before God. So you better have yourself prepared. You better have yourself ready spiritually, mentally, and emotionally because Christ is returning, my friends. Remember, there is that distinction between the rapture and the second coming. Do not confuse the two. All right? And, uh, when Jesus raptures out of here, between twinkling of an eye, we'll be out of here. And, um, uh, but the second coming will be in an act of war. So there's two distinct, uh, occurrences that will happen in regards to the last days. And, uh, I know Robert Debray, uh, I will get to our teaching here in just a second. Just bear with me. I know Robert Debray, he's watching here this evening, and he said that, um, I might want to expound a little bit because, uh, he said I say that a lot about, uh, uh, it being the end times. But, um, you know, uh, you know, and he said a lot of people need to be reminded of that. Yes, that's true. we do be, be reminded of that, and we do understand and when I say we are in the last times, I mean we see so much prophecy being fulfilled in regards of wars or rumors of wars uh we see um the upheavals uh in regards to the weather and how it acts uh one of the one of the biggest deals uh in regards to the last day is that every single person. Will have had to heard the gospel before Christ rashes out of here. Just with social media alone, the billions worldwide, uh, it'd be it would be hard pressed between virtual and physical missionaries, uh, you know, to find hardly anybody who's not had the opportunity to hear the gospel at least once. Uh, but. You know, I can't say that definitively because, like I said, there's been a lot of people out there I've spoken to uh, who have never darkened the doors of the church and don't have a clue what I'm talking about, referencing uh, when I talk about the gospel and talk about Christ. And uh, so, but here's the thing, though: it's it's going to happen, and uh, uh, I believe that everything we're seeing is a uh, uh, indication that we're uh, we're in those last days. I mean, we're seeing. The wickedness we're seeing this nation right now alone would make uh, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah look like a uh, uh, Boy Scout picnic. I mean, really. I mean, it's uh, it's gotten that evil, Uh, and I don't think anybody denies when you can get to the point where you can let a baby sit outside the womb and let it die if you decide you don't want it. I think we've met the crescendo of evil. That and uh, picking a uh, uh, a mental deviant, uh, deficient individual. This man who thinks he's a woman to be uh, uh, to head up our our health services, uh, I think that is uh, hitting the pinnacle of evil. I really do. So it's just it's absolutely nauseating. But uh, but anyway, uh, I'm going to quit that for now. And just uh, guys, I, the only reason why I bring it up is because I know a lot of people's upset and aggravated right now, and uh, uh, with what uh, with what's happened, and we all are. But uh, guess what? God still sits on the throne. Jesus Christ is still in charge. And uh, uh, in the end, we win. and We're victorious. So uh, we're victorious daily. God is on our side daily. Uh, we are strengthened. We should be emboldened with the fact that Jesus Christ uh, has us. I mean, nothing is us out of his mighty right hand. The victory is ours. So no matter what the, how the world may implode, how evil and rotten it may be, the good thing is, Jesus Christ is real. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. And he is going to take care of us according to his riches and glory. So that's the the thing that we can count on. And that's the one thing that we can be assured of, that Christ will never leave us nor forsake us. And just like our opening scripture, uh, that in the world we will have tribulation, but take heart, I've overcome the world. You know, that's, talking about that this morning, and I don't want to go back into everything we discussed this morning uh, uh because uh, if you miss it you can go back and watch it but it's just the fact that god never promises a picnic but the fact that remains is that god has conquered the world and he is in charge so uh, don't let this uh all this uh, craziness get you down get you scared get you worried there's no reason to man hey if uh if they open up concentration camps and re-education camps tomorrow guess what? Jesus Christ is still real. He's still there and he's still in control. And uh, so I don't see that happening but if it was to happen uh, I'm not going to be afraid but uh, and, uh, like my papa saw him just texted here He said God turned them over to a reprobate mind that's for sure. You know that's, that's one thing that um, you know with uh, this administration I know God's word tells us that we need to pray for those who are in authority over us and it's hard uh when you see those who are that wicked uh, uh in charge uh to pray for them and uh and we can we can pray for them but uh like uh, young, uh, old dr young said uh uh you know they may have been already turned over to a reprobate mind they may be beyond uh that uh but we still have to do our part as christians we still have to pray for these individuals even though it it sticks in the throat and like i said this morning uh, they are no more wicked than Nero was, uh, when Peter and Paul was saying to pray for those in authority. And, uh, and remember what I said before? Mm-hmm. I mean, the wickedness of Nero. Remember, he would, he would put pitch on Christians while they were, and burn them alive to light up his, uh, his, his, his walkways and patios and stuff. I mean, this guy was, you are well, you talking about, major wicked? Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, uh, they're no more wicked than that but we've got to pray for these individuals guys and pray for this country pray for those who are in charge and uh, uh I didn't I didn't mean to spend this kind of time on that uh, this evening and it was not uh, my point um but I, I know that you're um, you're frustrated you're aggravated uh, I am too uh, and uh but it's it is what it is and we've got to move forward we've got to keep pushing on we have a job as Christians to do you know we can't expect the the government to save us Only Jesus Christ, who has died on the cross, has saved us. Let's put our trust in him. The government authorities, uh, you know, uh, I think some people have too much faith in them and not enough in God. And uh, he's the one that uh, we need to keep our eyes focused on. We have a job to do. We have souls to get saved. And we have to live by example and be a light in this world and my friends it's time that we uh uh quit hiding that light under the bushel if you will and it's time to stand up and stand strong you know i think a lot of the, what's going on what we're seeing are the are or reaping the the fruits of our labors because so many Christians have remained silent throughout the years, so afraid of offending, so afraid of of uh, being called judgmental. And uh, uh, and so when you uh, pussyfoot with the, world, with the world like it, uh, don't expect, uh, you know, there shouldn't be a surprise when we see what's going on and how evil is running rampant. You know, we should be, have been there at the front lines holding this stuff back and fighting it. But instead, so many churches and pastors wanted to compromise with the world and uh, water down the gospel and allow evil to run rampant. So, my friends, it may come to a point that as Christians, this may be the time of weeding out the weed and the chaff. And uh, remember, the wheat's the good part. The chaff is the bad part. <laughs> so I say that. Somebody asked me. I'm not making fun of this individual. They're not watching this evening. But they asked me that. said, now, the, the wheat's the good stuff, right? I said, yeah, yeah, I said, the wheat, you want to be the wheat, all right? You want to be the wheat. You don't want to be the champ. So, uh, you know, we may be, uh, be seeing that, uh, very much so, uh, in, in coming events. I don't know, but, uh, but based on what we're seeing, uh, it's heading in that, uh, direction. It may be, uh, that, uh, separation there. All right, my friends, I've, I've rambled on enough here let's uh, let's get into God's word all right we've've had enough politics up to here to last me a lifetime uh, trying to offer encouragement and uh, to you and I, I'm hoping to, that I'm successful uh, but but uh, let's get into God's word here I think we've we've've we've, we've been into that enough now hopefully you can read this it's a little small um, let me see some here I don't know if I can no, I don't think I was going to see if it let me zoom in and out, but it's not going to let me. But uh, if you can't read long, then get your Bibles and look at 1 Peter 2, 18 through 25, uh, if you can. And it uh, would be, be fantabulous. But uh, 1 Peter 2, 18 through 25 says, Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing. When mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if it when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow His steps. in his steps. I'm sorry. that have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Praise God for that good word. And uh, let's go ahead and have another quick word of prayer, if we may. Therefore, Lord, again, we just come before you and praise your holy name. Lord, thank you again for this day. Thank you for your grace, your mercy. Lord, lead us, guide us, direct us in your word. Lord, help us to learn, uh, to glean from this, to apply it to our daily lives. Lord, uh, help us uh, to never want to stop learning and understanding and growing. Uh, Lord, let us serve you well, and Lord, uh, let us be slaves to you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. All right, my friends. So, uh, looking at this, uh, we're again it's First Peter. If you're just not tuning in, First uh, Peter 2, uh, 18 through twenty five is where we're looking at. Uh, the very first word here we're looking is uh, servants. Um, so, with servants is a nice way of saying slaves, all right, that is doulos, douloi, Uh, that is, uh, uh, there were so many servants at this point in time in history, Uh, in Barclay's commentary, he discusses that there were over 60 million slaves at this point in time uh, in history, and uh, the, uh, in fact, uh, those that were uh, the masters of the slaves, those in Rome uh, had to do very little that everything was catered and handed to them and the slaves were considered nothing in fact they were uh, compared uh to cattle or donkeys uh, with the exception that they could talk that they were not even uh, that they were subhuman uh in this uh in this area uh, of um, culture and uh, uh what we're talking about and um, not only were they considered Less than human. In fact, they were considered objects. Uh, they weren't even allowed to marry. In fact, uh, many cohabitated and, uh, and had children, because uh, they weren't allowed to marry. But they, if they had children, the bad thing is they were considered, uh, objects. They were considered, uh, things of the, of that master, uh, to own and to use, however. So there was always that danger there. Now, the were, there were many servants may have uh, endured very harsh circumstances. Uh, not every servant in this time was dealt with harshly. Many were considered part of the family and part of the household. But still, that stigma of being a slave still hung over their head, even if they were treated in the best of circumstances. So that's what we see here. Uh, this servants, slaves, is what, he, you know, is what he, he's trying to be. Peter's trying to be kind here in the fact that he's talking about the slaves. So this, this significance of this passage may have a, a more broadening uh, impact and understanding in this particular time than what we would understand in this time. You know, we may not truly uh, get uh, the the full ramification of what, he, what he's driving home here uh, in this passage. But he says... Um, servants, all right, be subject to your masters, all right, uh, and so we see that, and uh, we can look up above that uh, in regards to what we were just reading you know, on Sunday evening you know, on 13 through 17, uh, where it says that, um, uh, be subject for the Lord's sake, every human institution, all right, whether that could be considered government or whatever, uh, whether it to be to the Emperor Supreme. Or to governor sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good, for this is the will of God that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living a service of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. So we see that subject to your masters for the Lord's sake. And you know, being that subject to the masters, now one thing he's he's not um, uh, he's not giving a frontal attack uh, to um, uh, those who were over the slaves, or, or encouraging the slaves to do a frontal attack. Uh, in fact, he's if nothing, he, he may be trying to undermine, so to speak, there a little bit. But one thing we could put into context, you know, we may not understand what it means to be a slave. In the sense that they were experiencing at this point in time, but we can uh, redirect that to uh, uh, those that uh, we we work for. You know, for those who are in charge over us. You know, uh, you know, as, as years ago when uh, I uh, was having problems with authority. <laughs> and uh i was going from job to job uh that's one thing dad always said he said everybody's got to answer to somebody he said you know you don't matter who it is you've got somebody you know you everybody has to you know there's some even a uh a ceo has to answer to the board of directors you know everybody's got to answer to somebody and uh and that's true and you know the thing when we can work uh because we enjoy our career we some work because uh a financial need, and, uh, of course, that's probably why most of us work, because <laughs> of financial need, but, uh, you, you don't, you do some people just do it because they just want money in general, uh, or whatever it may be. But for those of us who are saved, uh, we need to work as, as if, you know, we're working for God, uh, that we're demonstrating, uh, our actions or demonstrating our love for God, that that job is, is as if, you know, if God if it was god's house and we were doing that job to please the lord that's how well we need to do our jobs and to do it in an honorable way and i know it's hard to think like that sometimes i know it's hard to um have that kind of mentality uh because in some of the jobs i've had i've you know i'm embarrassingly i've had a lot of jobs and i do regret it i've the The positive side to it is I do, I've got to meet a lot of neat people and I've got to witness to a lot of people. That's kind of, in fact, for a while there I was begin to wonder if I, maybe I was my mission field. <laughs> so the amount of jobs I went to. But uh, when you got a job that um, uh, they're beating you down constantly and they're just nasty to you. And, you know, I never always cease to amaze me how those who work extremely hard uh, are uh, given the worst time you know they, they, they're the hardest on those individuals and those who don't do nothing nine times out of ten get the praise and recognition i i have never understood that and i never will you know but uh, so in those situations it's easy to become disgruntled and it's uh it's easy to uh have bitterness and it's hard to say well i'm gonna work today for the lord when you got some supervisor that's uh high on authority and uh, that's miserable. It really is. I remember uh, when I worked at a, a place over John City, and uh, when I was a phlebotomist uh, at the plasma center. And this woman, she, uh, we were friends, worked together every day. We laughed, we joked. Uh, I thought she was a great person. They promoted her to a supervisor, and I'm telling you what, guys, I this is no lie. It was like Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. They, I mean, you. I mean, she was like a completely, utter, and total different person, and she was just nasty and mean and hateful. And I was like, "What is going on?" You know. And uh, in fact, that's one reason why I quit working over there. She it was miserable. But uh, it is, uh, you know, you may be in those kind of situations, and you may not be afforded the opportunity to quit. And actually, at the time, I really couldn't have either, but I did anyway, stupidly. But, uh, but we've got to work as if we're working for the Lord. So, you know, when we see that, uh, and particularly we see in every human institution, And 13 and 18 is our focal point, uh, 18 through 25, to be subject to your master, for the Lord's sake, with all respects, in other words, in all fear, all right. You know, in that uh, uh, that reverent way, uh, whether uh, to God or to uh, that master, whatever it may be, uh, that we need to make sure that we're showing that respect uh, to uh, those who are in authority and showing that reverence and respect to God. Okay? Uh, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust, for this is a gracious thing when mindful of God wanted your sorrows. While suffering unjustly. Now, let's look at a couple of things here. First, let's look at First Peter three nine. I'll just flip of a page there, if you got your Bibles open. Uh, three nine says, "Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, bless for to this you were called that you obtain a blessing." So, it really uh, this is uh, something that First Peter uh, really uh, goes over and over a lot in this passage is to not return evil for evil. You know, that's one thing that's really easy to do. And right now, in particular, uh, in, uh, in what we're facing in this nation and um, how we're treated as conservatives and Christians, and, uh, and it may get worse, and uh, that is uh, an easy thing to want to do. You know, uh, so in regards to this passage, you know, a lot of these slaves may have been treated in horrible ways. And he said, Hey, don't repay evil for evil. And that's, that's hard to do, man. That is really hard to do. And Cause I don't know about you, but, um, uh, I got a real redneck side to me and I'm not tough. I'm not bad. Uh, you know, I'd probably get my fanny whipped in a fight. Uh, you know, I, uh, the, uh, the last thing I'd ever want to do is smart off to my dad. Cause I know to this day he'd knock my head off. Uh, so, you know, I, uh, you know, I'm not saying I'm big and bad by no stretch of imagination, but it doesn't change the fact that I don't take no bull off of anybody. And, uh, uh, you know, somebody treats me bad, you know, it's the easy inclination is to treat them worse. Uh, you know, and that is the, the natural response. And I think that's where it just comes down to the fact that, you know, we, not only we have to, to put off the old man, put on the, the new creature in Christ Jesus, uh, that we have to not conform to this world. Uh, that, uh, we have to deny self. You know, as, you know, if you think about that, uh, to deny self, you know, there's a lot of things that feel natural. There's a lot of things that may be natural, but if it's not in accordance with God's word and God's will, we can't pursue that. You know, and it's so sad. There's so many people out there mm-hmm. who, uh, are bonding in the life, for example, of homosexuality, and they think it's natural and they think it's okay, and, uh, because those in the world are feeding into that and saying, yeah, you're fine. You're good. Don't listen to these judgmental Christians. Don't listen to these, uh, these people who, uh, uh, you know, they, uh, God loves everybody kind of, you know, thing. And so it feeds into that. And so they go down this, this path that's going to lead them into destruction and, and to misery and depression. And it's a dead end road. You know, but that's why God says, hey, put off those things that may even seem natural and and pursue me, you know, not even homosexuality aside. You know, it could be those who are straight who think that it's okay to uh, have affairs on their spouses, you know, and uh, we have to uh, put off those things and whether, you know, it may feel natural to be angry. Uh, and right now it is a natural response and really it could be a very considered a normal response in a lot of everything that's going on right now, that we don't repay evil for evil. You know, I, uh, it's hard to do, to show that humility, uh, to show that love of Jesus Christ in our hearts, uh, to show uh, that um, we can turn the other cheek. You know, and I think one, one reason why it's so hard for us, I think particularly in this nation, uh, is that. Because most people, uh, particularly in this area, are Scotch Irish descent. Most people are whose ancestors who fought against the, uh, the English. Uh, they come here. They're in rebellion against, uh, again, England trying to, to oppress, uh, the new colonies. Uh, and then, uh, and so we're, we've kind of grown up, particularly in this area, uh, the spirit of, uh, we're gonna fight back. We're not gonna take nothing. And, and so it becomes that natural response, whether it's hereditary, you know, or whatever it may be. Um, but we've got to, uh, uh, make sure we're doing what God wants us to do, not what feels natural to us to do and respond. And, uh, but at the same token, as, uh, my dad uh, has always said, you no know, Christians, are not the world's doormat either you know there's a time when we uh it's not that we're, we're returning evil for evil but we have to stand up for ourselves uh as well and i think that's a lot of christians problems is that they feel that they are the world's doormat and they everybody's just supposed to just wipe their feet on them and uh and do nothing in return but we've got to stand up for what is right but it's, we're not returning evil for evil, but we are 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 doing those things uh, that uh, well, just like righteous indignation. You know, there's there's a uh, there's that anger that is uh, not prideful or selfish, but the, in defense of God's word. And hopefully, that makes a little more uh, sense there. Now, uh, I also want to look at First uh, Corinthians seven twenty one through twenty four. Let's see over here. I got it marked. If i can just get my. Fat fingers over here to it. Hold on here. There we go. First Corinthians. Uh, what I say here. Um, one seven. Twenty one through twenty four. Over here uh, it says, Were you a bond servant when called? Do not be concerned about it. But if you can gain your freedom, avail yourself of the opportunity. For he who was called in the Lord as a bondservant is a freed man of the Lord. Likewise, he who was free when called is a bondservant of Christ. You were brought up; you were bought with a price. Do not become bondservants of men. So, brothers, in whatever condition each was called, there let him remain with God. Now, um, let me see here. Also. Yeah, I um, actually messed up. I'm going to come back to that verse. But in regards to returning evil for evil, I meant to look at Romans 12, uh, 19, and 20. Uh, we'll come back to that here in just one second. Um, but it says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. our will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Now, um, I apologize for messing up those verses there. But it is, uh, you know, there's some people out there that uh, have the, um, uh, i got to put it, a condescending attitude of, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to be really nice to this guy because if I do that, it's like burning coals on his head. (laughs) That is, uh, uh, it is, uh, uh, you know, we don't want to have that kind of attitude. All right, we want to be, Kind and humble and not be have that kind. That's not what God is saying. Is oh, yeah, well, look what I'm going to do. So, you know, we're not going to do that. All right. But, um, but vengeance is mine. I will repay, says Lord. You know, God's going to take care of these things. You know, we, um, we want to put matters in our own hands, we want to, uh, uh, take care of things ourselves because, again, we, you know, we have that rebellious nature. We, we, we want justice done immediately. And uh, you know we we want to uh, um, get as Olivia Newton John says, let's get physical. So you know it's easy to want to to get uh, get physical with these individuals and uh, and and cause pain. And you know and like I say, it is uh, it's one thing to say don't return evil for evil, and that God is going to. Uh, uh, have vengeance. Uh, you know, vengeance will be his, and God will do that, uh, particularly on the day of judgment. And, and these people are going to get theirs—that's for sure. Um, and we can trust in that. Uh, but you know, it's it's easier said than done. You know, if somebody hurt one of my kids, I you know I I, I can't say that I was, could do the right thing. You know, I, I would you know I I don't know what I would do. To be honest with you, you know, it it amazes me when you see people. Was it uh, two years ago? I want to say two. Or was it was a year ago where the uh, uh, officer, uh, she mistook the uh, uh, her apartment, thought it was her apartment, and she was at the wrong apartment. I still really understand that. But anyway, she shot and killed the woman and uh, uh, and the boys. Uh, that, that mother died, and her son was at the court and said he stood there and said that he uh forgave her in fact i think the judge even gave the the officer a bible uh and uh and hugged that woman you know when people can uh he said you know he, in fact i think he said uh, god loves you or something like that uh how people can do that uh you know as a pastor i would like to think that i could be a big enough person to to be able to do that but i i I, I think's a bigger and better person than me. You know, somebody shot my uh, uh, dad or my mom or you know uh, wife or kids. I mean, I I don't know that I could sit there and say, uh, you know, uh, I forgive you and hug that person. That's uh, that's a tall order, people. I mean, that real that is a tall order. And uh, but that young man was demonstrating uh, Jesus. He was demonstrating uh, what Christ is calling us to do. And uh, so, you know, when, uh, so he's, he's telling them this, that, uh, uh, you know, even if they are treated harshly, not to return that uh, anger uh, with anger, return that uh, uh, with vengeance, uh, return, you know, he's telling them that. Even though, you know, they would be under deplorable circumstances uh, that we can even imagine what they're dealing with at this point in time uh to stay calm. Uh you know, if you even look at uh, was it Philip and Onesim, Onesimus, am I saying that right? Um, that you know, he never told them to uh uh to no longer be a slave or or to run or like that, but in fact to uh, to get along. You know, I was that's really what I was gonna kind of get that that's why I mixed up the verses here and again I apologize for that when I was reading uh twenty one through twenty four Corinthians seven Uh, Talking about the free men of the Lord and the bondservants of Christ. You know, that's one area, too, that might have been a little tricky uh, for the the slaves at that time and were met maybe with a little uh, contempt if they were saved, uh, particularly if the master was saved, because then there was that concern that uh, they uh, uh, may become lazy. Uh, and uh, not want to do the work, take advantage of that relationship, because if they were both saved, they think they might be able to get away with more. And so that's why they uh, sometimes were uh, might have come under a little more scrutiny if they come out that they were a Christian. If these slaves come out to be Christians, and you know, and again, that's something you kind of can apply here uh, in today's time. Uh, is sometimes it's easy uh, for Christians. To take advantage of that friendship or that relationship you may have with a boss, you know, that say they go to your church, then they're, uh, maybe they're the deacon or the elder in that church, or maybe they're just a friend in that church, but they happen to be your boss. And it's easy to want to take advantage of that and, uh, and be lazy and, 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 uh, not do your full share of your work. And that's wrong, you know you you shouldn't never do that or take advantage of that kind of situation, and we need to to work as hard uh as we can uh we're out a job you know when I said that just now, uh, I couldn't help but think of uh when I was working at uh chess King at the mall, and uh there was at that time you know of course the mall's dead now, but uh, then the mall was pretty busy, but there was times when it would be getting real slow. And I'm here one night, it was really slow and my boss said, Hey, he said, If you were to just go walk around the mall or something, he said, Just go walk around, he said nothing going on and he said just uh spend a little extra time on break and you can come back later. Well, for whatever reason dad decided to call me up there at uh, at the work, I guess to check on me and <laughs> my boss without the, well, he didn't think anything of it. He said, Yeah, Matt's just walking around the mall <laughs> I'm walking around the mall, mind my own business, having a good old time, and all of a sudden, there's dad. He's like, "Hey, dad, how you doing?" And he said, "I want to tell you something." And I was like, "Oh man, what what's going on? What did I do?" And he was like, "When you have a job to do, you do it." And he said, "You don't get paid just to walk around this mall, man." He was going off on me, and I was like, "What is going on?" And I said, "Well, he told me to walk around the mall. It was dead." And he's like, "Well." He said, and then he realized that I wasn't goofing a doofing I was, he was I was told to do that. He was like, "Well, you you just need to work hard." And he he walked off, but uh, I still remember that poor old Dad. Bless his heart. He's he was all hot and heavy, ready to give me that lecture. And uh, uh, no, 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 no. But he, <laughs> so, but uh, but yeah, you don't want to slack. You want to make sure you're doing your job and doing what you're supposed to do. All right, or or Dr. y'all will come and give you a good uh, tongue lashing. All right. So, all right. so anyway, uh, for this gracious thing, when mindful of God, uh, we're back here in 1 Peter 2, and uh, I'm reading uh, verse 19. Dear seros, while suffering unjustly, for what credit is it when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure, but when you do good and suffer for it, you endure with the gracious thing in the sight of God? Now, here's something very interesting. If you, uh, the slave or the servant, are being subject to your master, I mean, if you're doing the right thing, you're being obedient, you're, you're, you're working hard, uh, you're trying to be honorable and all these things, then why is it that we see here again uh, the suffering? We see here uh, in uh, verse 19, suffering unjustly. Uh, we see here uh, in verse 20, beaten. Uh, we see here again uh, in 20, uh, suffer for it, uh, you endure. Uh, you know, you think, well, why are you uh, having to suffer uh, if, um, you know, if I'm doing the right thing? You know, uh, you know, the, w- what's going on here? Well, you know, here's the thing, you know, these individuals may be uh, doing the right thing. They may be working hard. They may have given their life over to the Lord. They may be uh, uh, doing everything they're supposed to, but the the master may uh, resent that and and cause uh, uh more pain and suffering maybe even harder on them so that's just because we're doing the right thing doesn't mean they're not going to have suffering and that really kind of goes back to that opening uh verse uh that I read of John 16:33 that we ourselves just because we do the right thing just because we honor the lord we give our lives over to Jesus Christ we're in church we're tithing, we're doing all things, doesn't mean that we are uh exempt from suffering, it doesn't mean that we're exempt uh, from facing uh, trials and tribulations, and that's why we can read with all confidence in John sixteen thirty three that uh, I have overcome the world. Jesus Christ has indeed overcome the world, and so we can take faith in that and trust in that and even when we're going through those trials or tribulations, even though we may be suffering, God is there, God is in control, and God is going to take care of all of our needs, and we can just you know. It, 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 draw from that strength and draw from his power and help us to endure and to persevere. So, you know, just because we're doing the right thing doesn't always, uh, you know, I think because we live in a world of merit, you know, if you do good, then, you know, good should be returned. If you do bad, then then you should be punished for it. You know, that's, that's kind of how we think of things, but that's not always true when it comes to our spiritual lives and that we, you know, we may do good, but we may face uh, a lot of suffering along with that and why because we live in a fallen world and the devil doesn't like it when we try to get closer to the lord and when we try to do the right thing you know we there are so many people that uh, that either go to our church currently or have went to the church that have given their lives over the lord and they have just endured one tragic thing after another man it just your, your heart just goes out to them you just feel so sorry for them because it just I mean, just constant, you know, but yet they still remain faithful. They still come to church and they're still praying. They're still trying, you know, and it, it just shows a true testament uh, to their faith uh, in Christ. And so that uh, is a, um, uh, you know, uh, just just because we're under that trial, uh, you know, sometimes it will make us stronger. Sometimes it will. Well, not sometimes it will. You know, that's why God uh, allows these things to happen because it will make us stronger uh, to uh, to endure maybe even greater suffering or Uh, you know, uh, to bring about his great work, is good. So so let's get over here. We're going to leave off at, um, what's it, uh, 20. Uh, For when you sin or beat for it, endure it. Uh, But if when you do good and suffer for it, endure this gracious thing in the sight of God. For this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you. Oh, that's one thing I meant to say. You know, when we talk about uh, slavery in this respect, Peter's talking about uh, the physical slavery uh, that they're having to endure. But it's interesting how Paul talks about spiritual slavery. Uh, you know, it's um, the fact that as Christians, uh, we want to be slaves to Christ Jesus. You know, uh, the, God's word tells us, take the yoke upon me and uh, upon you. And, uh, you know, we want to be uh, those slaves to Jesus Christ. We want to be sold out. That's what we're reading here in 1 Corinthians. We are redeemed. We are bought out. See, that's one thing that uh, if you look at the way these are worded, uh, you can see how it can have maybe even special, even more special meaning uh, to those who are enduring slavery. Remember, 60 million slaves. That's hard to imagine, 60 million slaves. And to see the words being redeemed, bought out, uh, that would have a special meaning. They would understand that probably more than we would. And, um, and so Paul talks about that slavery in the sense that we as Christians have, you know, here we are or we before we come to Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, we were headed to hell. Uh, we were headed uh, to destruction. Uh, we were under sin slavery. Since so the fall of man, we, we were all uh, uh, under sin slavery. And uh, and the devil had us uh, blinded, but praise God that He opened our eyes, our hearts, our minds, that He we understand that that substitutionary atonement on the cross, that Jesus Christ died in our place, that He took our our spot for the beating, for the being nailed on the cross, that uh, that, that He took our place. Uh, There And that he bought us back. That's why, you know, and I've had a lot of people, they love how my dad has said this over the years that Jesus Christ paid a debt he did not owe because we owed a debt we could not pay. And um, it it is a a wonderful uh, uh, saying. It has so much truth in that. And that Christ did pay that sin's debt for us, uh, to, so that we can have life eternal with Him. On our own, we couldn't have done it. Uh, and, uh, but God sent His Son, you know, it, it, for that, uh, that permanent, uh, covering of the of the blood you know before we had the the animals but it wasn't enough and that's why it had to take jesus christ to die on that cross so in and because in that sense we need to be slaves we that is a good context of slavery that we need to be sold out to jesus christ we need to be uh, be to, to show that uh, the God is our Lord, our Master, and we serve Him with great joy and anticipation, and that we, we want to make our Master happy. So in that respect, that is, uh, that is a good thing that, uh, that Paul's talking about. So it's very interesting the contrast between how Paul, uh, re- references slavery and how Peter is talking about slavery in this context as well. Now, when we see this here, Christ suffered for you, Right? Uh, again, talking about that substitutionary atonement, For you leaving you uh, an example so that you might follow his steps. All right, so we have the illustration. We have his substitutionary atonement. We're having an illustration here, and really you could kind of circle if you want to in your Bibles uh, verses 22 through 23. You kind that's one section. Kind of talking about the uh, uh, the substitutionary atonement. And then uh, and then 24 through 28 you kind of circle that off with another colored ink if you will and that could be uh, the illustration now in regards to this let's look at 22 uh, he committed no sin neither was deceit found in his mouth when he was entrusting himself to him who judges the just now let's look at um, Romans 2 not, I'm sorry Romans what was it it's 12 19 through 20 hold on here Almost 12, I don't think I marked that one. Almost 12, on the hill. Uh, yes, 12, 19 through 20. Beloved, never avenge yourselves that you leave. Oh, okay, that's why I just read just a minute ago. Okay, I thought that sounded familiar. All right, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm stepping all over myself tonight. I apologize. So we see here, all right, uh, in 22, he committed no sin, all right, Neither was deceit found in his mouth when he was reviled. He did not revile or return uh, in return when he suffered. Now, again, you see how Jesus Christ was um, uh, verbally attacked. We see how Jesus Christ was physically attacked. Uh, you know, we see that he was spit on, his hair pulled, his beard pulled, he was beaten with a cat of nine tails. All these things. And Jesus Christ never done anything uh, to uh, in response to that. He never fought back. He never slandered anybody. He we, he's being that living example of what we need to be. He could have easily come down off that cross. He could have easily wiped out all every one of these people. But then that sacrifice wouldn't have been given that was needed for our salvation. And uh, you know, it, uh, like. We, like we've heard Dad say many times before that many people have never even lived past the scourging, you know, because the bits of metal and bone that uh, were attached to those leather straps that when they uh, when they hit against the skin it would rip uh, that skin uh, from flesh and bone and uh, and then to uh, endure that and then to carry his cross, you know, it's uh, that passion of the cross, I think, really helped drive home, you know, it was, you kind of had to imagine uh, what Christ might have had to endure. When you really see that passion of the Christ, it really uh, really drives home, I think uh, more of an understanding of what Christ had to endure, but yet he didn't retaliate. and uh, you know and again, as Christians, we need to remember that because I think we're going to face more attack. I think we're going to face more adversity uh, under this administration and or here on out uh, uh, and so we need to remember that. We need to keep our cool. And by showing that light, showing the love of Jesus Christ uh, may very well be an example, might be uh, something that could be seen that might turn someone to come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Remember what we were reading at before, that in our actions alone, uh, that if we're doing what Christ wants us to do, even those who wish to slander us will feel ashamed. So that's why it's important and imperative that we are demonstrating those actions, those things of Jesus Christ. Uh, verse uh, 24, uh, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness, but his wounds you have been healed for you are straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. And really, Peter's actually referencing Isaiah 53 here. So uh, if you want to kind of bring it all into context. And um, so what are we looking at here this evening? Well, you know, we see this, that... um, the, uh, servants, again, as the doulos, douloi, uh, the, uh, the slaves that he is, uh, targeting here in this message, uh, of encouragement, uh, to do the right thing, uh, to understand that if they are saved and their masters are saved, not to take advantage of that relationship, that even if they're treated harshly, not to act in vengeance, uh, not to retaliate evil with evil, uh, that we see that, uh, in the latter part of that, what Jesus Christ has had to do to, uh, in his own example of not retaliating, not showing, uh, vengeance in his own very own actions when the way he was treated, as we just read here, uh, we see that even though you're doing good doesn't eliminate the fact that you may still have to suffer. And, uh, and we see that by what Christ had to suffer, what he had to do and go through was for our benefit. And for us to have and enjoy eternal life. So there's a lot of good stuff going on in this this passage this evening. A lot of a lot of good meat here, and uh, but and I encourage you maybe to go back and reread that, underline it, highlight it, and uh, and try to truly, fully ingest uh, what this is really trying to say and how we can apply it to our lives. And let us pray. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this evening. Thank you for this ability to spread the gospel message. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you be with each and every person here. And Lord, help us to live a life that is exemplary, that uh, shows uh, that we have made that commitment to you. And that no matter how we are treated, that we'll never stray or uh, never give up on our walk uh, with you. Lord, let us be slaves to you. Let us serve you well. And Lord, for someone watching this evening that doesn't know you, let him pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, my friends, I hope everybody has a good evening and a good night. And uh, let's keep our eyes focused on where it needs to be. Let's not dwell on what's happened. Uh, let's keep the faith and stay strong. Let's seek out the Lord daily and see what uh, what he'd have us do to serve him. So, Lord willing, we'll meet Sunday morning at one eighteen Julie Lane from uh, 11 to 12. And uh, right now, uh, I don't really have a sermon title. I know we, what I want to talk about. But uh, I haven't really nailed down a sermon title just yet. But, uh, but come on out and join us at 6 o'clock uh, that evening online. We'll continue our study in, in Peter. I hope everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous night. And Lord willing, we'll see you Sunday morning. Thanks for watching. God bless.